on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jan Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is legendary film producer Hawk Koch. Welcome to the show, Hawk. Thanks, Jan. I'm really happy to be talking with you. I'm happy to talk to, talk to you today. We're going to talk, you wrote this really wonderful book called Magic Time, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I have to tell you, this book, it was so fascinating, and it's such a quick, easy read. It's laid out perfectly. I love how you've laid out the, the, the book, but also all the wonderful stories that you tell about the, being an insider in the film industry. Um, what made you decide to write a book now? Well, uh, I really enjoy mentoring, and I've gotten to a place in my life that uh, that uh, I, I, I like to hopefully inspire some younger people and people who have had relationships with their fathers and mothers and who hasn't, right. <laughs> or with your sons and your daughters, uh, that that hopefully, uh, you know, give some clues as to what I was able to do or not able to do, and uh, it's it's... I'm very excited because I've been getting a lot of uh, emails and phone calls saying that uh, what I went out for to inspire people and to have fun learning about Hollywood uh, is working. So uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm happy about it, and I'm glad you like the book. Oh, very very much so, very very much so. Well, let's let's talk a little bit. Do you want to talk about your legendary father uh, and and your relationship with him and and why it was so difficult? Sure. Well, his name was Howard W. Koch, or as my mother called him, Big Howie. And I was Howard W. Koch Jr., or Little Howie. And uh, no matter where I went in my life, and it was introduced as Howard Koch Jr., the, it was the same tape. It was, oh, I love your dad. He, you must be so proud. He's the most wonderful man. You know what he did for me, for my cousin, for my sister, for my son? Uh, I just... I just love him. And they wouldn't talk to me. They'd talk about my father, which was wonderful, and it was great. But uh, he could talk to you, Jan, if, he, if you were in his office. He'd talk to you for three hours, and you'd come out and say, what do you mean? He's the most communicative, most wonderful man, <laughs> yet he couldn't talk to his son. And yeah. so uh, it may have been a, uh, you know, a... a uh, a thing for pe- people in in that generation, but uh, it was very tough. And uh, I knew he loved me, and I knew he was proud of me. But it, it was always hard. You know, it was. And uh, at a certain point, I don't know if you want me to tell this part, but uh, I'm no longer Howard Koch Jr. I'm Hawk Koch, and uh, at 49 years old, um, I was talking to a good Catholic friend of mine who said. Uh, because I was looking for some sport, spirituality, and I said, uh, I'd love some spirituality in my life. He said, well, I've been to your children's bar and bat mitzvahs. Can you get bar mitzvah at 50? And I said, Gary, I don't know. What a great idea. And so I, I met this rabbi, and after about a half hour of talking to him, he asked me who I was. And I said, oh, really quickly, oh, I'm a movie producer. He said, no, 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 who are you? And I said, I'm a father and I'm a son. Uh, And he said, who are you? And I honestly didn't know what to say. And uh, I don't know where it came from, but I said, oh, I'm a Jewish man. And he said, well, that's a start. He said, what's your Hebrew name? 
And I said, my parents are non-religious. I, I never And he said, well, for your 50th birthday, for your bar mitzvah, you'll be given your own name. Well, when he said that, Jan, I broke down. Hmm. And he said, what's wrong? I said, for 49 years, I've had my father's name. I'd love to have my own name. And then he said the words that changed my life. A rabbi said to me, well, you can have your own name. What? I can have my own name? And he said, yes, why not? And he said, what do you want to be called? You know, Jan or Frank or Harry or Bill? No, no. He said, you ever have a nickname? I said, well, my initials are HWK. And a couple of people called me Hawk as a kid, but it never really stuck. And he said, if you anything about Hawks, they mate for life. And I said, well, that was something I was not very good at. I've been... De- but I wasn't very good at relationships. And he said, they also can see from horizon to horizon, and they can see like a rabbit a half a mile away. Wouldn't it be great if you could see the panoramic of your life and the detail always at the same time? Mm. And I thought, wow, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. I said, but isn't Hawk a pretentious name? He said, only if you allow it to be. So long story short, I took the name Hawk at my bar mitzvah and my birthday, I met my wife, Molly, who co-wrote the book with me. We've been together 23 years, so this hawk did mate for life. (laughs) And um, now when people talk to me or introduce to me, they don't talk about my father. They go, wow, what a cool name, or what a weird name, or how'd you get the name hawk, or who are you? And it it really changed my life for the better. Amazing, amazing. And I love the symbolism of the hawk, but I also want to talk to you a little bit about the letter A, because as you said, your initials were HWK, but then the A came about, and I thought that was really beautiful, what the A stands for. Yes. Uh, After the rabbi and I talked, I went up to Telluride, Colorado to kind of spend a few days to go, wow, can I do this at 50 years old? Can I, you know, I have three kids, I've got friends, I've got business, everybody's going to go, you know, what's how... And I was walking, and there was a Native American who was selling little trinkets. There was this one little silver rectangular piece that you wear around your neck, and it had a, uh, a lightning bolt, a cloud, and the word listen. And I asked the Native American what it meant. And he said, uh, do you know how we listen, how all of our senses are awake and aware between the lightning and the thunder? how we smell it, we see it, we hear it, we taste it, we touch it, we feel it. He said, wouldn't it be great if you could be that awake and aware all the time, mm-hmm. not just between the lightning and the thunder? And I thought, wow, that's a that's a sign that I should take this name Hawk, because that gave me the A to go with my initials, HWK. I, I just absolutely love that, the, all of it, you know, the, what the hawk represents and what the A represents, and I just thought that was just really magnificent, and obviously it has fit you well in the last uh, part of your life. 
that was a good move to change your name at that point. You have had, though, just an amazing, amazing career. You grew up in the industry. You, you got to see many things growing up. And this, as I said, this book is just laid out so beautifully. And it's just, a, it's just, it's a, it, for anybody who loves movies, this is your book to read this year for sure. Um, but I, I have to ask you, I, there's so many questions I have to ask you, but one of my all-time favorites is Robert Redford. And you have a number of stories about Robert Redford, and I really want you to tell, share the story about how he um, almost slit your throat. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, uh, I was working on a film called This Property is Condemned. It starred huge star at the time, Natalie Wood, and Robert Redford was in the film. It was his second movie. Uh, and we got to be friends. Uh, we were shooting in Mississippi, threw the ball around, played a little golf. And uh, we came back to Los Angeles, and he said to me, Hey, I, I, I bought this uh, land up in Utah, and I built an A-frame house up there, and uh, I'd, uh, I want to drive up there this weekend, but I need somebody to drive up there with me. Uh, you want to drive up, and we'll share the driving, and we'll have a good time. And I said, Sure. I was 19 years old. Of course. Why not? Uh, so he drove the first uh, hour, five hours actually, from L.A. to Vegas. And then it was my turn to drive. It was about midnight. And we're driving out of Vegas. We're about an hour and a half out. There's no full moon or anything, so it's dark. It's no superhighways. This is 1965. And uh, all of a sudden, as we're driving, he says, uh, get off the main road. And I said, why, Bob? He said, get off the main road. And I'm going, oh, my God, what, what the hell's going on? So I got off the main road, and I'm on a side road. And we're driving for a couple of minutes. And he says, turn right here. I said, Bob, that's a dirt road. He said, turn right here. Man, I stiff. I know this guy eight weeks. He's an actor. What's going on? <laughs> turn onto the dirt road. We're on the dirt road for a minute or so. He said, pull over. And all of a sudden, he takes the gear shift and bang. He... He throws it into park. He grabs the car keys. He says, get out. Well, in the like in the cartoons, you know, where the, your heart is coming out of your chest. Yes. That was me. <sighs> and he gets out on one side of the hood of the car and I get out on the other side and I'm looking at him and I'm looking for a gun. I'm looking for a knife. I, oh I don't God. know. I mean, it's pitch dark. We're in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden. He starts to scream. Oh! I mean, really <laughs> loud for like a minute. And I'm looking at him and say, this guy's crazy. What am I doing in the middle of nowhere with this guy? Mm -hmm. And when he's done screaming, he throws me the car keys. He kind of smiles and he says, try it. It's read. Do you really good? And I went, eh. I was about <laughs> all I could get out. And I got back in the car and, uh, as we're driving, he told me about Arthur Janoff and the primal scream and how it really releases tension and stress and it's really good for you. And I was thinking, yeah, right. You know, and uh, we went up to Utah. And of course, the land that he bought was later to become Sundance and the Sundance Film Festival and mm -hmm. everything else. But I was there right at the beginning. And I must tell you, on the cover of my book, there's a photograph of me with my thumbs up. Right. And it's me talking in front of 1.3 billion people who are watching the Oscars the year I was president. And just before I went out on stage, I went out behind the Dolby Theater 
and I did the primal scream because I was scared stiff. I'm going to talk to 1.3 billion people, <laughs> and I was actually to, able to go out there and uh, say what I had to say. Yeah, that's got to be daunting <laughs> to, to, to know that you're going to be speaking in front of that many people. It, it was really, when I got out there, I, I looked down in front of me, and there were so many actors, directors, writers, producers, and others that I had worked with over the years, and I could see they were they were supporting me in, in the way they were looking at me, and it really helped. That's wonderful. That really is wonderful. Well, you've worked with just about everybody in Hollywood at one time or another, I think, for sure. You've also got a great story about, uh, I love Natalie Wood uh, also, and, uh, and, and being on a plane with her and um, almost <laughs> crushing. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit, if you would. Yes, well, I, along with, I think, just every other... Uh, uh, guy was in love with Natalie Wood from Splendor in the Grass, West Side Story, Gypsy, Love of the Proper Strain, on and on and on. And uh, one of my jobs after we finished shooting in L.A., we were going to go back to New Orleans, and the uh, the producer said, "I want you to fly with Natalie Wood and make sure that she's taken care of and and get her through everything and get her to her hotel." So, geez, why not? I'm going to fly first class sitting next to Natalie Wood. Three and a half hour flight from L.A. And I'm having the greatest time. Again, I'm 19 years old. And uh, we're talking about politics. We're talking about movies. And we're just having the best time. And as we're about to land, the landing gear go down. The pilots made the announcement. Fasten your seatbelts. And all of a sudden, the plane goes straight up in the air. I mean, straight up in the air. So Natalie Wood grabs my arm. I look at her. We both think we're going to die. And, oh, my God, the one thing I can think of is if I'm going to die, I'm going to kiss Natalie Wood. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> and and I, as just as I'm going to kiss Natalie Wood, uh, the pilot comes on and says, Sorry, folks, we're okay. Another plane came onto the runway, and I had to pull it up before we crashed. And I never got a chance to kiss Natalie Wood. But that's that, that story. But you lived. <laughs> I guess that's more important that you both lived during that. If you're just tuning into the Jam Price Show, all about movies, my guest today is legendary film producer Hawk Koch. And we're talking about his brand new book called Magic Time. How did the title of the book come about, Hawk? Well, uh, from the time I was a little kid, I loved being on a movie set. Actually, when I was four years old, I went on my first movie set and I saw cowboys and Indians and teepees and, oh my God, it was wonderful. And a guy said to me, uh, have you ever been on a horse before? No. You want to go for a ride? And yes. And somebody put me up in front of him and I rode around for probably a minute or two. And when I got home that night, my dad told my mom that the guy who gave my, me my first horseback ride was Clark Gable. Oh my goodness. Uh, so that was pretty amazing. I didn't know who he was. He was just a nice guy who <laughs> let me, you know, ride in front of him on the horse. Any rate, uh, my dad made B movies in the fifties and I was always on a movie set because I never really saw my dad, uh, uh, for vacations. I saw him if we went on location. So I, I, I love being on a movie set and I love going and still do love going to the movies. I hope all of your, your, uh, listeners out there still love going to the movies. I say it I all the time. I love to laugh. I love to scare. I, 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 you know, streaming is great and TV is great, but boy, it doesn't. You can't beat just being in there with a whole bunch of people just 
feeling a great movie. I so agree. I, I agree that. with you. I say it all the time on the show, Hawk. I don't mean to interrupt, but I say it all the time on the show that movies must be seen in the movie theater. And exactly. even though I have Netflix, um, I'm happy to, you know, that they are releasing some of their films uh, into the theaters right now. And I prefer to go see it in the movie theater. You know, I just, it just that exactly what you're saying, the, ex, you know, experience right. it with other people. And that's, there's something that right. you can't, that can't be replaced watching it at home. You just can't. Go on. Well, well, I mean, hello, how many thousands of years have we been in a communal experience telling stories? Yes. And to, to do it alone, you know, try and laugh as, as big a laugh or as much fun as you're going to have watching Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein. I don't mm-hmm. know why I'm doing Mel Brooks right now. I but, love Mel Brooks. But, you know, alone or, or, you know, yeah, you can be frightened on it or get out. But you certainly can't be as frightened or as screaming with everybody else and come out of the theater, you know, or, or a great movie like Moonlight or, or Green Book yes, or, yes. you know, whatever, whatever movie you want to talk about. And then uh, I got to work, I was lucky enough to work with Jack Lemmon, and Jack Lemmon had a mantra. Uh, just before every, every time he was going to shoot, he'd say out loud, magic time, and that would that would allow him to get into character and be focused. And I took that throughout my life. I didn't say it out loud, but I said it quietly to myself when it was time to film a movie or I was going to get out on stage and do a talk. I'd say magic time. And that got me focused. So those three things, I felt like uh, that's the reason why magic time is such an important uh saying for me. I love it. And you're right. You know, I mean, there's, all, again, many, many meanings to that. And um, But movies are magic time. You know, you are creating magic. And uh, so that's yeah. right. I, I love it. I'm going to start using that myself now to get, you know, myself focused before I uh, record my shows, I guess, from now on. I love it. You, right. The story that I, one of the one of the funniest stories I thought in this book, and I, I just I just thought it was just amazing, was Roman Polanski and Jack Nicholson when they were filming Chinatown, and um, the Lakers game was on. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? I thought that was just hysterical. Sure. Um, well, uh, it was a, we were filming Chinatown. I was the assistant director. I had worked with Roman on Rosemary's Baby, and. Uh, so we were shooting, which we, at least I knew that, man, this is going to be a hell of a movie. And Jack said to me, hey, uh, Bullhorn, he called me Bullhorn because I didn't need one because I had such a loud voice. He said, uh, can, can you get a little TV for me, one of those little Sonys? Uh, I, the Laker game's on Friday before we wrap, and when, we're not, when I'm not shooting, I want to watch the game. I said, sure, Jack, I've got one at home. So I brought in a little black and white. Sony TV to put in his what we call knockdown trailer on the set, and he's watching the game. It's uh, it was in Boston, so it was a big game against the Celtics, and we're ready to shoot uh, the last scene of the night. It's around six fifteen, six thirty, and I said to my assistant director, "Go get Jack," and she came back. Uh, I had a female second assistant, Michelle Adair, and I'm very proud of the fact that I've always been very, very gender open and diverse open. Um, and Michelle came back and said, uh, uh, Jack's watching the game. He doesn't want to come out yet. And Roman heard that. And he said, Howie, come on, go get, go, go get Rome, go get Jack. So I go back to his knockdown and I said, Jack, come on, we got to shoot. He said, I, I will in a minute. There's only, Oh my God. I said, what happened? 
He said, Jerry West hit a, hit, hit a shot. We're going into overtime. And I'm going, oh, God, overtime. So I go back to Roman and I say, Roman, he doesn't want to come out for a few minutes because it's overtime in the basketball game. He said, overtime in the basketball game, it's overtime for us shooting. I want to, I got a party to go to tonight. I'm giving a party at my house. So I go back and I say, Jack, come on. He won't come out. I go back to Roman again. Roman comes out, goes to the set, to the, the dressing room and says, Jack, come on. His door's locked. Nobody can get in. And he says, come on, Jack, you got to We got to shoot. I got a party. He said, Roman, just, an, ooh, what happened? What happened? Double overtime. Oh, no. <laughs> Roman kind of turned the thing around. He said, okay, Jack, all right, I give up. Let me go in. I'll sit with you. We'll watch the end of the game, and then we'll shoot. He says, no, nah, no, nah, Roman, I know you. He said, no, no, I swear, I swear, Jack, no problem. So he unlocked the door, and my TV was just inside the door. Roman grabbed the TV and hurled it across the stage floor. It broke into a million pieces. Well, Jack, to say the least, there were a lot of words I'd never heard before. (laughs) (laughs) And he started, he had had these great suits on. He He threw the suit jacket at Roman and said something. Roman took his sweater off and threw it at Jack. Jack took his shoes off and threw them at Roman. Roman took his shoes <laughs> on and on and on until they were down to their underwear. And, I, you know, I yelled rap because I know we're not going to make any more shots tonight. So <laughs> right. the crew's ready to go home. And the two of them run off the stage yelling at each other in their underwear. Well, <laughs> I'm supposed to go to this party at Roman's house. And I went up to Roman's house, you know, an hour or two later. And they're hugging. They're having the best time. And I said... I thought you guys hated each other. What happened? He said, ah, we got to the corner there. We both looked at each other naked in our cars, and we just took, we just started to laugh. <laughs> and so that was the end of it, except the next morning, at 10 o'clock in the morning, there's a knock on my door at my house, and Roman was there presenting me with a new color, little Sony television. How nice. So that's, <laughs> that's my... Uh, that's my Roman and Jack story. If you had to be there, boy, I tried to write it in a book so you could actually see it. It it was quite something. Oh, I can only imagine. You you said this book is also an audio book too, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. You can get it on Audible. An Audible. Yeah. So you, it, I, I I think I would definitely love that to hear you telling the stories. Um, but this book is, as I said, it's a perfect gift for Hanukkah, Christmas. And, uh, and, and birthdays or anybody who just loves movies or, and, and, and it really is. It's just a fun, easy read. Where can people pick up this book, Hawk? Uh, they can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, your local bookstores hopefully have it. If not, get mad at your local bookstore. But, uh, but I know that Amazon uh, gets it, you know, in today's world, you, you, you can, you can order it, and it can be there the next day. Exactly. So uh, hopefully, hopefully you you get it for the holidays and enjoy it. And Jan, you've been such a wonderful uh, 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 moderator asker of questions. I, and I, I, I'm so excited that you love my book. Oh, thank you. So thank you. Well, thank you. Uh, it's my honor to have you on the show. It really is. And happy birthday. Oh, thank you. You're yeah. Welcome. Coming up. Yeah, today. Well, today, today. it's gonna. This show's gonna air on your birthday. It's gonna air on your birthday. Yeah. So, happy birthday! Yeah. I would love to have you back on the show because you have many, many, many more stories, and I would love to have you back on the show and and uh, get into some of the other stories that you write about in your book. 
Anytime. Anytime. Great. Give me a call. All right. Thanks, Hawk. You've been listening to the the best. Happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays to you, too, and happy birthday. You've been listening to The Jam Price Show All About Movies, and my guest today has been legendary film producer Hawk Koch. And if you have missed any of The Jam Price Show's All About Movies, you can listen on um, my website, thejampriceshow.com, on iHeart's podcast channel, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, uh, Podbean, and YouTube. So there's no reason why you can't uh, listen to the show. We're also on your smart TV. Thank you for listening. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show.